Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And I've accepted Jesus, or I need to accept Jesus, and I may after you're done talking, preacher, but let's see here today. What is the big deal about the cross? And this is very simple, but this is enormously important. Number one, poverty is beaten. The curse of the law was poverty. God said in his word, you can go into Deuteronomy 20, 28 and other chapters, and there's a blessing for obeying God, and there's a curse for disobeying God. And one of the parts of the curse, a major part of the curse is there's poverty. How many of you know it's not fun just being so poor you can't pay respect? It's not fun. Poverty is not a blessing. I need y'all to know that. Poverty is not a blessing. And people are crazy because they'll get spiritual with stuff. They'll get spiritual with stuff and go, well, being poor keeps them humble. Man, some of the proudest, most difficult people I've ever met were dirt poor. They're hiding because they're embarrassed. They're making up excuses. Not all of them. But I've met some poor people who are not humble at all. And struggling to do basic stuff. Is that fun? No, it's not fun. And you say, man, are you speaking out against welfare, Pastor Matt? No. I, I love it that welfare is in place to help people who need it for a certain time. And I'm all for people growing past that and being blessed. I believe there's people in here. I can't give you stories or give you details. But I believe there's people in here who were on welfare at one point and they came out of it. You say, man, you're talking bad about us. You're trying to shame us. No, I'm not. We, we were never in absolute poverty. We weren't. We were always clean. We lived in small houses and stuff. We were poor growing up. But there was a season that we stepped out of that. We came to Hobbs. We were poor. Dad was making $800 a month, and we had five of us in the family, but God always provided. And then Dad got a connection at the food bank as a local distributor, and we got to eat some of that food at the food bank, and it was good stuff. But I told Dad years ago, I said, Dad, I think the thing that happened with the food bank was it messed up my hair. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I'm like, John ate more sweets than me. He's got a full head of hair. Because, you know, my mom had theories that I was irresponsible. That's why I lost my hair. She's like, it's all those Cokes you drink. I'm like, Mom, there are drug addicts out there snorting, sniffing, smoking, and repeat, repeat. And they've got thick hair. Babe, and then I looked at my Uncle Charles, and he was bald. And others go, you don't get it genetically. I'm like, well, I don't know, but I sure look like my Uncle Charles and my Grandpa Treadwell on mom's side. So whatever. But we were blessed. Hey, we were poor, but God blessed us. Dad always tithed, taught us to tithe, and they came out of it. And I'm going to tell you right now, poverty is not from God, and poverty is not a blessing of God. You're struggling to do anything, man. Is poverty fun? No, it's, it's, a, it's frustrating. Say, man, I got to go to Dallas, but I don't have the money. I got to go to, I've had people come by and say, man, I got to get to Seminole. I don't have the money. That's no fun. So we know it's not from God. We know it doesn't necessarily make us humble. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a way out of it. Now that Jesus has provided atonement here, we are redeemed. There's certain steps you take. Say, poverty is beaten, so what do I do now? Well, look, let's go to Luke 6.38. Luke, Luke 6.38, what do I do? What steps do I do? See, because some people go, oh, you did it all. I don't have to do anything. Did you know when my wife cooks in the kitchen and I'm in there, 
even though she's a way better cook than me, I'm very limited. I do a pretty mean grilled cheese. But, I mean, I'm very limited. But when she's doing the work in there, did you know I don't just let her do all the work? I, I help. I run around. I get in her way. I like to get in the way so much and help so much that she goes, would you sit down? I don't know if that's my goal, but it happens a lot because, you know, it's, there are two of us, and she's a mover. She's a shaker. She's moving. And, but I help. I don't let her do everything. Now, it's been taken care of, but there's some steps I have to take to help. Now, I'm not saying you have to help God, No. What I'm saying is you got to obey God, and you need to do your part. He's already done it all, but you need to believe and you need to do. So look, look at Luke 6.38. Say, man, how do I break poverty? How do I break the curse of poverty in my life? Well, it's already been broken. Now you just got to administrate it. you got to walk it out. Give, and you will receive. That's a command. That's from Jesus himself. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, right? Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount what? You get back. Based upon that verse, I want to debunk something. Some people say, I don't give to get. Well, then you're going against God's law. God's law is to give to get. That doesn't mean you just have a strange motive of, man, I'm going to trick God. I'm going to just take advantage. I'm going to... No, but you give so that you can receive and you can give more. People think they're super spiritual and say, I don't give to receive back. Well, I do. I give to receive because Jesus said, give and you shall receive. And then let's go to this one. This is a, a famous one, a favorite, Philippians 4.19. Poverty is beaten, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. My, one translation says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all my needs. You say, man, are we always going to have needs, even financially in other ways? You're going to have needs, but it's good that you have needs and you can always go to God. Always go back to God. One man of God years ago said, the most dangerous time in our lives is when we think we don't need anything from God. You always need something from God, and that's fine. But my point this morning is, poverty is beaten. Somebody say, poverty is beaten. Uh-huh. And you can walk it out now by giving. That's, the, that's what you can do now. Poverty is beaten. He came... And he crushed sin, and because he crushed sin now, the results of sin are also beaten. Poverty is beaten. That's number one today. I mean, most people are going to tell you, I don't, man, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to stay like this. I want to be able to give. When you got a little money or, or people can give you a little money to go, it takes money to go on trips, doesn't it? It takes money to pay your mortgage. It takes money. Wow, you say, man, does it take money for that? Yeah, it takes money to go on vacation. It takes money. And I'm not one of these just straight prosperity preachers. I believe in prosperity, but I don't preach the gospel of money. I don't. But money's important. In many ways, it causes the world to go around just because that's a system that's been set up. So you got to have money to do stuff. You got to have money to do stuff. If not, Try an experiment this week. Go to Thriftway. I don't know your store of choice. Go to Thriftway. Put a bunch of rocks in your pocket. That'll be your backup plan. But your first plan will be you show up at the cashier and go, you know me, huh? And they go, yeah. I've, well, I've seen you in here before. And you say, based upon my smile and my looks, can I go ahead and just take this stuff? We don't even have to scan it. Do you think that'll work? No, they require money of some form. 
Or then you go, you know what? No, I got a, rock, I got a pocket full of rocks. Will this work like the cavemen? I'm going to count out some rocks to you. How many? $10? So 10 rocks, I only have nine. No. It requires money. God wants to bless you with money, and it's okay. Now, let me, let me deal with something. I was not going to dwell this long on it, but I think folks need to hear this. Money is not the root of all evil. Some of you have said that wrong. Some of you have heard it wrong. Well, money is the root of all evil. So if you give money and God gives you money back, he's giving you the root of all evil back? The logic doesn't work there, does it? Scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. People do anything to get money. They'll do anything, some folks. That's the love of money. That's the root of all evil, all right? But according to Scripture, poverty is beaten. Somebody say poverty is beaten. Amen, somebody. Let's go to number two today. This is important. Sickness is defeated. Real quick, let's just let's eliminate some doubts here real fast. Say, man, yeah, but so-and-so had this, or I have this, or they've had this. Well, we live in a fallen world, and we don't know all the details why. Is it a faith issue? Is it a disobedience issue? Even for believers, why are some people not healed? Why are others healed? I'm not going to get into all that, but I know what the Bible promises. And I know what Scripture promises. Sickness is defeated. Let's go to Acts 10.38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Look at this. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So he was casting out demons, and he was healing people. That's powerful. Look at Matthew 8, 17. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. How many times was Jesus whipped? Does anybody remember? 39 times. That's interesting because that was, that was in, in, a, in agreement with their religious law because they didn't want to shame somebody too much. They'd do one less than 40. It was 39. And Jesus was brutalized. But scientists over the years... And disease specialists and pathologists and stuff, they've said that there are 39 major types of sickness and disease in the world. Isn't that interesting? Jesus received one bloody stripe on his back for every one. That's powerful. Let's read that verse again. Let's start at the beginning. What does that say? Matthew 8, 17. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Jesus Christ the healer. You see all these stories in the Bible, and this is one of my favorite. Jesus asked somebody, do you believe? They said, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Then another one that said, man, um, Lord, if you're willing, Jesus said, I'm willing, man. Your child is healed. And I was going to say in Jesus' name. He would have said in my name. <laughs> your child is healed. I am willing. Scripture says when people had faith, Jesus healed them all. He would show up where people were and deal with them and heal them. He was healing before he died on the cross. And did you know why he, part of why he died on the cross? He knew that he wasn't going to be here in, in person to lay hands on all the sick. He had to give that to his church. And he had to make an appropriation for it on the cross and say, I'm not going to be here, but through the Holy Spirit, you can do what I did. You can lay hands on the sick, Scripture says, and they will recover. 
lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, sometimes you say, man, they didn't receive it right away. Well, sometimes we have to grow in our faith. Many times believers just have to believe for their healing on their own, many times, if they've been in the Lord any amount of time. But still, sickness is defeated. Would you put that up there again? Sickness is defeated. Sickness is defeated. You don't have to stay sick, according to Scripture. You don't have to. One verse says in the Old Testament, he says, I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. I think that's important, don't you? Man, I am the Lord that heals you. You don't have to stay sick. You can believe. And you say, man, was it because they're not right with God that they're sick or they're struggling with an illness? No, I don't understand everything, but we're going to keep believing. And one day, my wife has already told me how old I'm going to live to be. I think her plan is I'm going to live to be 100. But... um. One day when I'm old and I had to be with Jesus, because Jesus, <laughs> Jen, Jen says we're going to go together when it's time to go. So I said, baby, I'm older than you. That means I'll, I'll have lived a much longer life than you. And she's like, no, we're going to go together someday when we're old. Okay. Well, when I'm old one day and I go to be with Jesus, I'm going to die believing. I'm going to tell you something simple right now. Even if all my prayers weren't answered. My question for you today is, will you still love him if he doesn't answer all your prayers right now? I saw that in a movie one time. What was it, Facing Giants? They were dealing with issues, and they were believing God for a miracle, and they wanted kids and all this stuff. And they talked about it. I said, man, even if, if I don't get this answer to my prayer right now, am I going to love him? Yeah, I'm still going to love him. I'm still going to love him. Doesn't mean that he hasn't provided for all this, but I'm going to believe God. I'm going to pray according to his will. And sometimes I'm going to wait. And it may take a while. We're believing God for something. Uh, who knows? How many of y'all have prayed and believed God for something and you're still waiting? Go ahead and raise your hand. Is there more than one person in this house? Uh, yeah. Just about everybody in the whole house, if we're honest. Everybody in the house. I believe God for something. It's not here yet. Keep believing. Keep believing. There's a song that says it's in the waiting. Hmm. I believe he is in the waiting. That's a very important time. While you're waiting, keep talking faith. Keep believing. Even for a healing in your body. Sickness is defeated. Read up on it. Read up on it. Number three, this is powerful. So we had poverty, sickness, and death. Spiritual death is conquered. What is spiritual death? Well, spiritual death is separation from God. We're in human bodies. If Jesus does not return in our lifetime, hey, man, every day we're getting older, we're going to go be with him at some point. At some point, we're going to go be with Jesus once we've accepted him. Our bodies are aging every day. Now, you can live to be old. That's, that's God's best for you. But one day, these bodies are, Scripture says, the outward man is perishing. I mean, it's, it's getting older every day. But... When you die, you don't have to face the second death, the spiritual death, which is eternal separation from God in hell. Now this morning, you say, man, is this just for me? This is a review for me, Pastor. I've heard some of this. Yeah, the beauty of this is you can learn it and you can tell others. See, I can't reach everybody that you can reach. I can't. Some of y'all folks are in Illinois. There's folks in, in you got relations in Eunice and Seminole in here. Different places in Hobbs. There are people in Hobbs you're going to reach. That If I showed up just preaching the word, they'd be like, man, get out of here. We don't know you. But many of you, you have relationships with people. 
And you can learn this stuff so that you can tell them about it. You can invite them to church or connect group, but you can also tell them about this stuff. Is that poverty is beaten, sickness is defeated, and spiritual death is conquered. When you die one day, you don't have to suffer the second death, which is spiritual death. And that's eternal separation from God. I guarantee you, everyone in here is affected by the Spirit of God still, or you would not be in church on a Sunday morning. The Spirit of God still speaks to you. How many of you felt convicted this week about something you did? You felt bad about something you did, and you repented? Raise your hand. I got my hand in there right now. You're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You have the the Spirit of God. Because if you didn't have the Spirit of God speaking to you, you wouldn't care, and you just let it all go. But he's still reaching you. Now, can you imagine to be separated from God and not feel his spirit? I was reading a book about that. To just not feel his spirit, to not feel the peace of his spirit, to never feel bad for anything you did, that's creepy. That's scary. That's horrific. You never have to feel that. You never have to experience that if you'll accept Jesus. You will never be separated from God eternally. Let's go to John 5, 24. John 5, 24. This is powerful. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. That's the big crossover. And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. Eternal life. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to read you a few verses here. Once, before the cross, before you accepted Jesus and his work on the cross, you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of what? In the unseen world. He is the spirit and work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful what? Nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Somebody say rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the what? From the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Wow, his empowerment. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Now, we got to get a revelation about that, that we're seated in heavenly realms with him. That means everything that pertains unto Jesus also pertains to us. Whatever Jesus can receive, that we can receive also. Whatever is good enough for Jesus is good enough for you. Hmm, Spiritual death is conquered. You do not have to be separated from God anymore. And you can share the message of the good news. Look how simple that is. What did Jesus come to do? You can hear this on kingsgatehobs.com or it's going to be on our podcast. Or you took notes today. Well, Jesus, he came to crush sin, right? Clear sin. Get it out of the picture. Not just cover it. Scripture says the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Take care of sin. So there's no more penalty for sin. But then he says, all the old sins, I'm going to go ahead and deal with the penalty for that and the curse that that brought to the world, sin. Sin brought all kinds of a curse. And so poverty is beaten, sickness is defeated, and spiritual death is conquered. He handled all parts of the curse of the law. Because everyone who is under the law is cursed or they're under a curse when they walk in sin or they stay in sin willfully 
follow after sin. Now I want you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. Go right ahead. We're going to handle first things first here, and this is very important. Is there anybody in this house at the sound of my voice who says, Pastor Matt, if I died tonight, I fear that I would be eternally separated from God. I've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. Would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you right where you are. You say, I need to accept Jesus. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Now, if you've accepted him before, all you got to do is repent of your sin and tell him you're sorry. But we're going to pray today and just make sure. Make sure, make sure that everybody has accepted Jesus. Would you repeat this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And I believe he died and rose again for me to clear me. I believe God and I confess with my mouth. Now I forgive myself. I forgive others. And I will not blame you, God. Now forgive me of all my sin. In Jesus' name. Is there anyone in here? I want you to look at me now. Right where you're seated. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and stand up in honor of Jesus today and the sacrifice he made. Stand up right where you are. Is there anybody in the house who says, Pastor, Either me or somebody else needs physical healing. If you need physical healing or you're representing somebody today who you're praying for who needs healing, would you raise your hand, please, in Jesus' name? You say, man, I need a miracle in my body or somebody I know needs a miracle in their body. Good. Y'all come on up to the front real quick, real quick. Perfect. There you go. Come on up to this altar facing me, and we're going to pray. We're going to believe God. I'm going to take inventory, though, while we're up here. Is there anybody that came up here to the altar who says, Pastor Matt, I'm believing for myself to get physical healing. Would you raise your hand up here? I want to filter those out. There's a few of you. Here's what I'm going to do today. All right. I want you to touch the person near you that raised their hand. Go ahead. Touch the person. Even if you raised your hand, you're going to believe God for their miracle. Right where you are. This is the work of the ministry. Did you know that? Did you know this is not just for pastors and you're proving it? Oh, that's for an apostle. That's for a prophet, an evangelist, or a teacher. No, it's for you as the people of God. Me as a pastor, I need to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Ministry means serving. That's it. So we believe today. Necesita sanidad en su cuerpo, en su propio cuerpo. Would you put your hand on him, gentlemen? We're going to believe. I, I didn't know if you understood what I had said in English. Estamos declarando sanidad para usted también en el nombre de Cristo. We believe for healing now today. In Jesus' name, we agree right now. Right now. Everybody repeat after me. Heavenly Father, according to your word and the provision of your word, Jesus died to make us free from the curse of the law. Sickness has no place in my body or in their body, in Jesus' name, we cast sickness out. If it's a spirit, we cast it out. 
And we loosen healing. And if it's something else, we just believe God. We believe in Jesus' name for healing today. We believe right now. Let it be so in this house. You are healed by his stripes. By his stripes. The stripes laid upon his back. You were healed. Somebody say, I was healed. Yeah, that's past tense. Now you just receive in the present. You are healed. Están sanados en el nombre de Cristo. Por fe en Cristo Jesús. By faith in Jesus, God. We believe today. We believe for healing now in our physical bodies. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, is there anybody in the house who says, you know what? I need my heart to be healed. Would you raise your hand? Say, man, I've been heartbroken. I've been heartbroken. Yeah, there's some of you in here. Put a hand on somebody. Put a hand on somebody. God's presence is here. I can feel his presence today. You say, man, I've been disappointed. I've had my heart broken. I've been betrayed. You are healed now in the name of Jesus. You are healed now. I speak healing over your heart. God is putting back your heart, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions are intact. God is also ministering to your spirit. Right now, every part of you, your spirit, soul, and body are being ministered to by Jesus. He's walking through this house in the person of the Holy Spirit right now. And he's moving all over this place. And you are healed in Jesus' name. You are healed right now. Your hearts are healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. We believe for healing, God, right now. Now, one last thing. I want you to get a revelation of the cross. I believe the last Sunday for the cross is next Sunday. I want you to believe right now, and I'm not even going to have you raise your hand. No, you know what? Everybody raise your hand. Let's do that. Everybody raise your hand and say, I receive the revelation of the cross. Say, God, make it real to me in every single way. I believe because I'm a believer. And that's what believers do. In Jesus' name, reveal to me the suffering of the cross, the benefits of the cross, why, how, and what it does for my life. God, give me a revelation so I can share the good news with others. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want everybody to look at me. If you're not part of a connect group, please join one. Please join one. But this is for everybody as well. You know what? Go out and share your faith this week. Someone you know. I guarantee they're out there. You don't have to run up and start preaching a three-point sermon. No, you can just pray with people. Sometimes people ask you to pray with them, and you can pray a sermon. Did you know that? I'm going to teach you something this morning. You can pray a sermon say let's pray and when you pray you say Lord I know that Jesus you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins Lord and by his blood we are saved and Lord you're doing you know you can just pray a sermon you can pray you can pray with people if you can pray in private you can pray with someone just one person in public I challenge you this week I love you very much 